They're bad. They're boys. And occasionally, they talk about running. Yes, it's the Bad Boy Running Podcast with your hosts, Jody Rainsford and David Heller. Admit I was a clone to be messing around, but that doesn't mean that you have to leave town. Bye 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 it's it's a little bit pixelated, you know. That's it. When you have when you have more than one person working at home, that's how it works. I'm sure you I'm sure you are all aware. But yeah, we uh, it's the new format where we've been. We don't know what we're calling it yet. Internally, we've been calling it the Guff. Um, but if you can think of a a better name for our sections without the interviews, then um, then let us know. Email us. Is at badboyrunning.com. But we've got quite a good, it's quite good now that we've got this, we're more dynamic, shall we say, which for a bunch of 40-year-old men is, is, is not often <laughs> is that, said. Is that, is that how we're selling it? We're more dynamic. <laughs> we're more responsive. We're more dynamic. And, and the good thing is now, previously, we've always wanted to have more of a feedback loop with everyone who listens so that when we talk about a subject, you can contact us and we can then relay the the best stories of you know thousands thousands of people well now we can because we can record these a week out and next week be reading your feedback classic example is the my garment is nagging me oh, there's wow. been a lot of response to that hasn't there you opened up a can of worms there something that i'd never heard before but all of a sudden there seems to be like i feel like we need to start up a garmin support group for the amount of people that have been abused <laughs> by garmin the, garmin's gonna need its own me too mo- movement I think. it is it really is well that's a, that's the trouble because at the moment is garmin is just it's it's almost like an asperger's person they're not thinking about your emotions are they they're just hitting it with you like this is bad this is slow you're rubbish without thinking the context and that is a classic computer programmer programming what makes sense rather than thinking about how could this be pr'd or natively impact on someone but we've had we've had at least four people email in um to talk about their experience with it i mean Dale Williams, he's been out for 14 days quarantining, went on Dale, so he's not been running. And um, he went out for his first run after 14 days, doing a, a leisurely 13 miles. And because it links with his, his old stats, when he got to the end, it told him it was a minus four and that he was detraining. So it was essentially saying that his run was worse than he, if he'd have just done nothing it shouldn't have bothered basically yeah is, you are now de-training? worse what who even invented such a word <laughs> detraining that was so embarrassing yeah. that was so embarrassing it would have been better for the concept of running if you had just stayed in quarantine only detraining is boozing it's not running <laughs> like detraining is the pizza is detraining yeah. never <laughs> That is whack. I mean, the fact that they put that as an option to select, like D training, and the like, we 
hopefully most people who listen to the podcast now are, are, are people that are robust enough in their running careers, they've been running long enough, that that wouldn't affect them. But imagine if that was your, you've just bought a new watch, you're new to running, you're all excited, and then you're getting all of these. Um, but yeah, we've had we've had more feedback where, I didn't write down it was, and um, I think it might have been Rich, and Rich was saying, Rich McDowell, he was saying that his, his Garmin told that he got a minus five rating when he was out for a run, even though he then went on and was actually, he smashed his 5K time. But for some reason, it it's just pulling in data that at that point in the run, it maybe it was his warm up or something. No, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. I think, I, I believe all of the other feedback that's come through that people think, I believe, not McDowell though. McDowell, the problem is he's struggling, <laughs> he's struggling to stay relevant, that's the thing. And he's trying to build his profile just before he does his first ultra. As, as we talked about oh, in the last fact, podcast. So it's just, it was his excuse just to mention that he crushed his 5K. That was all. That's that was true, it. actually. That's all it was he then, about. It, it, is, it is then five pages of, of talking about the 5K time and the progression <laughs> of, his, uh, of his, you're right, you're right. McDowell, we know your game. We know your name. Stay down, McDowell. Although good luck in the ultra. Good luck, because we want to claim it as our, as our as well. You do all the work. <laughs> you do all the work. But also the um, like Paul Garrens has messaged back as well, saying that the he's he's been training to try and get his VO2 max rating up, and this is this is a classic example of tech, isn't it? Where you're you're given a number and you use that as your focus in your training because you think this is a good thing to do, right? VO2 max, you know it's good. Yeah. It's it's a mark of improvement as it reduces. But then he says, as it, so it increases, and he says he then goes out for one walk and it drops from 64 to 42, which is nuts because it it just seems that the technology has no ability to decipher what a non-flat-out race is. Yeah, it does make you wonder if this was a new piece of tech from a new company that was that was struggling. But this is Garmin. Garmin have enough data by now to be able to, you know, enough playing with their algorithms to be able to identify this. This this cannot be the best technology that we've got in order to to, to motivate people. I just I it, it beggars belief. I don't you know what. I, I don't I must not have a setting on my Garmin. I don't know. Is this on all Garmin? This happens. Have I got something switched off? Because it never no, no. gives me it never gives me negative feedback on my. I mean, it never gives me any feedback and, at all. And just to say, Polar watches probably don't do this. I've, I've not been running, so I've not used mine. But oh, I'd go. imagine Polar watches you, just just are to get you, in are there. You being sponsored? But... What the hell? Why do you keep <laughs> mentioning get, Polar? They gave me a watch and I've not run ever since. So it's, I feel pretty guilty. <laughs> But um, yeah, and maybe it is because they're given to testers. And what do you want to do when you get a new piece of kit? You want to you want to floor it, don't you? So if the testers have been out and been like, "This is great. It's given me this positive reinforcement of how incredible I am, which is what I want to hear." And really, they should give it to people who are like us, who just sit on the couch for weeks on end and then go out for a run that they don't really want to do. Um, but what I was so thinking. Are we, wait a minute. Are we doing it wrong? Should we be um, logging? Are sitting on the sofa doing nothing, eating pizza and watching Netflix, on Garmin. Is that is that what we should be logging as other activity? What would given that a slow run is untraining? Would it? 
right. needs, it needs a contrast. It okay. clearly needs a contrast, um, doesn't it? What we need, do bad, is we need someone who is a Lavario. Uh, obviously, we'll be doing this ourselves, but we've we've got injuries. We've got injuries. Who wear it through a a very passionate. It's got to be outdoor for the GPS. Passionate bout of lovemaking, and see what it tells you. I don't know how I'd feel about someone coming on with the imagery that we, we have associated with it. Imagine about to go into the process of lovemaking and going, I, I just need to switch my Garmin on. <laughs> do you switch it on? Do you switch it oh, on? No, not this bit. This is the warm up. This is the warm up. No, 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 I don't record. I'm going to do a separate. <laughs> Imagine if you're going through, you're going through the process and it's going unproductive minus five. I mean, that, that would be running with bad. But lovemaking, that would be a killer. <laughs> so, do badders. Someone's going to be prepared to do it. I don't know who, but whoever you are, you are a hero. To try it. Um, you know, maybe involve your partner. Maybe not. Like, tell them. Well, definitely involve them, but don't, maybe tell them. <laughs> maybe tell them. <laughs> but um, let us know what the, the feedback the is on those. The things that you've conjured there. So, what, so essentially what you're saying <laughs> is um, we may have messages from people who are masturbating uh, with their Garmin on. Thank you for that, David. Thank you for, for asking for uh, for people to send that information in. Or masturbating with their polar. Um, but anyway, anyway <laughs> what I was thinking... <laughs> what I was thinking of... It's important you get back. All this and But um, what I was thinking... So Brizzy's, Brizzy's got a watch where she's um, she likes to... She likes new stuff and tech and stuff. So her watch does all the things where she can buy a coffee without having to take a card out. But it also means she can get text that it tells her what the messages are from her phone. Yeah. So I was thinking what we could do is if we go into our, our friends and partners' phones, we change, we create a new name on there called Armin, with a phone number from a burner phone and whenever they're out like if they're on a race if they're on something where it's really important we then start texting them messages and it's going to flash up as their garment no no we flash up with um, like when they if they're doing a hundred miler we make it flash up with 30 miles run after 15 miles or something like that <laughs> it starts going down starts going down <laughs> oh yeah because you could that would really mess with people imagine someone like john kelly or, or damo hall when they're on their third day of the pennine way they're confused as hell already and then suddenly their garment starts that's why they're polar that whichever watch it is they're, they're <laughs> starts, like just negging them like what why don't i have a sit down because i'm sure damo and others phone numbers i bet they do so they just need to switch it without them realizing, and then the FKT is won or lost. Yeah. I think there's there's a lot there's a lot of use for this that hasn't been properly thought through, um, and I think what the do badders may be the ones to pioneer this. Yes, yes, do badders. So um, and combine the two, neg your partner, 
Not your partner, because you'll be with them. Hopefully. Neg a friend. If you know someone who's going to take on the lovemaking challenge, then, like, double it oh down. God, Imagine getting the, the feedback. Garmin, the Garmin lovemaking challenge. I'm sure Garmin will really appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> we can get that hashtagged. And and uh and, and when you when you've completed the challenge, you hashtag I've been garm in. I've been garm in. Mainly for men <laughs> than that. I don't know what the women would say. <laughs> hmm. Uh well, well, do bads. Letters at Bad Boy Running. If you've got any more feedback on those. Let's see. We've there's been an article that's come out that people have seemed to be fascinated on. Have you seen the the new study to do with don't exercise like a pro? No, I haven't. Explain. I don't. So I'm I'm already halfway there. So, but but what's the what's the thought behind this? <laughs> now it's it's one of those really long articles. I'm like, oh man, how am I going to summarize all of this and remember it all without actually having to type it all out? But there's been a new study um, in the Netherlands, which has been looking at the way that people exercise. This is this is specifically for weight training and like being down a gym. And they've people have extrapolated this to then also look at um, the reality of people's lives and, and then kind of filling in the dots of, of how we can apply it. Now, the study looks at people who've been asked to train doing weights 20 minutes a week and that is it so it's, it's your typical weight so you kind of squat and you do three reps of between three to six so that's a, it's quite a heavy weight where after after the three to six you can't do anymore so it's two exhaustion so you're talking heavy weights with like 20 second rest in between and what they've shown is that they've they've taken this quite large data set, I believe, and that just by doing that um, across the study, athletes got 30% stronger in their first year. Um, but after seven years, we're only 50% stronger. So it shows actually, I mean, but then they were saying only is pretty good. So just 20 minutes a week to do that, which I think for us as runners is great for knowing and like building up a bit of extra, like 30% extra, 50% extra strength, essentially, in is, long term. Is that, is that going from a point of no strength training at all? Well, this is this is the trouble well, with... if it's from no the... strength training at all, of course, of course, strength training. No strength training to strength training is going to produce a certain percentage of, of, of fitness, of uh, strength um, improvement. Yeah, yeah, and this is the trouble with the article here. It... And, and also with my research, because I've not drilled down into absolutely everything. But, <laughs> yeah, it's clearly the article's fault. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've read the whole it article. It is the article's fault, but not um, summarising it more effectively so we could read it out. <laughs> <laughs> but they're, um, but they're, they're trying to a lot of because it's interesting about media as well. That when one person writes an article, when when a study comes out, they try and spin it in a certain way to try and yeah. be picked up in the newsreel and then most articles copy other articles and so the stories then get extrapolated against slightly twisted slightly miscommunicated Chinese 
but we can't say Chinese whispers anymore, can we? Whispers. I well, I've not heard anything against it, but I'd imagine it's probably not not got positive nations. And anything that's involving a nation from years ago doesn't often, does it? We say stuff about. Remember back then the we. And, and to be Based fair, I'll say, kind of... I'll say Chinese whispers is nothing compared to what we were talking about China uh, a week ago. So, Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> well, we apologise for the whispers. We don't apologise for the burning issue stuff. But um, anyway, um, yeah. And so they've been saying about this is more to do with people's typical lives and how actually trying to get people to stay fit and healthy is, is a real challenge. And a lot of people try and train like a pro and the performance benefits they'll get from that long-term often aren't that great compared to 20 minute workout. And so I think for us as runners, this is, it's good to know that you can get you know, a nice little performance benefit just from 20 minutes a week. Cause actually more than 20 minutes a week, this seems like proper ball ache if you're already running whereas weights for 20 minutes a week seems manageable. But I think we can take from it, actually, what's most important is just to be doing something regularly, because actually that's our biggest challenge, isn't it? Falling out of running, falling out of fitness. Yeah, I think it's, it's a difficult one with, with weights, because you either, with, with, with any kind of weight training, I mean, like you can do body weight stuff uh, anywhere, but with any kind of weight training, um, you obviously either need to have the weights at home, um, which is, is a little bit more common now as a re result of lockdown, but you need the weights at home or you need to be a member of the gym. And I, is it worth being a member of the gym for 20 minutes workout uh, every week or so? Yeah. So it's that, that's it. I think the, yeah. the beauty of running is the fact that you don't have to do what, you know, um, body weight exercises. You don't have to do all those things. You can You can kind of get away with it without doing that, even though there is a there is a, a benefit in terms of injury, but prevention is boring. No one wants to do prevention. Yeah, true, true. Although I do now, I wish I had. <laughs> well, you're, you know, too late. you're so far past prevent prevention. Yeah. And the trouble is you don't need to do prevention ever until you suddenly wish you had, um, sadly. But yeah, I mean, Ali Alex H Hutchinson had written a, a more extended um article about it where he was looking at like chest press improvements and things like that and it, it just gets to summarize that actually if you're doing running for health you only really need, you can get all the benefits from five minutes a day which the way we train is it's so intense because it's, it's slightly different to look at the performance but if you are running for for the health benefits rather than weight loss or rather than that extended performance then just doing little and often is so much more important. So, I guess not as insightful as I'd. Well, no, but no, but it, it, it's an interesting question actually because one thing I'd be interested in is hearing about um, hit and how mm. how you know because the thing is we're told as runners, in, especially in terms of things like um, uh, weight loss and weight management and stuff like that, is you know. Um, what is the standard thing like five times 30 minutes a week that's the sort of standard mm. thing which probably you know because it's standard means that it it's useless for the majority of people but it's it's kind of a baseline um and that's i mean i'd five... say that's too much for that's too much here 
surely. No, no, not hit, not hit. Just normal running. I'm talking about say five times thirty minutes of aerobic exercise a day, isn't it? A week. So you like five times thirty minute exercise for a week. I think that's that's the kind of the standard um uh like nhs gu- guidelines <clears throat> and so that's aerobic and so that's sort of gen- but hit is you know mm. like if you if you do hit i mean there are people i know who do hit every single day there are people mm. who do it you know far more than they do sort of not sort of like traditional aerobic exercise but so what is the what what is the long-term impact of that because your body's not intended to be uh in that state for for i mean then it's never you know more than say 30 minutes necessarily but doing it so yeah, often does that have an impact because I, I don't think i've seen anything on that and i know that there's a lot of people that they're you know there's that it's undoubtedly you know muscle building and fat loss benefits in hit mm. in, in being able to do it but everything that we're told um around uh endurance and the way that it is that it's splitting out so you have a, a bigger base of aerobic and you have mm. a, you know, a, a small amount a, a much smaller proportion of um the 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 things that you know put you into an anaerobic state and you know um but i i, I don't know i think i wonder whether there's there's something in that to, to to explore um in more detail and i'm absolutely sure having mentioned it now do badders are going to come up with 300 different articles about it and if so thank you for doing the research for me so i didn't have to do it on this podcast <laughs> and actually I've, I've not really seen any articles to do with or extended studies to do with hit workouts partly because it's quite a new term and you really need to study the study these things for longer than a year or two to really get a sense of the impact because um you know because, you, because i wonder well, i wonder whether something like a hit workout like if you if you had like a, a sort of a, a normal sort of running schedule but instead of um uh, and, and you weren't necessarily doing it for to, for conditioning for anything and instead of like skipping hill repeats for example for a hit workout that would you know get your you know put you at a much higher heart rate um because it keeps you know, going up and dropping and stuff like that um, but also give you that strength training as well can you switch out something like a hit for a hill repeat um and and it have the same effect yeah and i believe you can depending on what it is it's all it's always good to train specifically to whatever you're focusing on but if you remember our joe dale interview he was saying about how a lot of people can actually get the performance are in shorter races in particular things like 5k's from switching to a strength training session where you're actually focusing on getting stronger and you're still then and we've had we've it's, it's not the same but with Beth she's switched cycling in for running and with with Cam Worth he was he was constantly switching what his focus out between the running and the cycling was and yeah the stronger you are as long as it's not too bulky then that that power really comes through in your shorter distances i think you'd still need to do a tempo run and the but you, you certainly in in terms of your if you're looking at your seven days in a week you could do an intensive workout and and for a long time i did that with bmf where we one of the sessions would be a hard bmf session yeah and it's like the main thing is to make sure that you're not you're not following that back to back with really hard running sessions because that's when you get injured. But at some point in the future, the the the, the real the the good thing about studies is it doesn't just tell you about how it affects you. Um, if you're doing it, it looks 
you can often look at how likely it then is to do it because most hit exercise classes are in a gym and as we get older and as we have potentially have kids and families and the business of life people stop going to gyms we know that and so is it better to actually getting yourself in the habit of doing something you love that is easy to do no matter where you are what you're doing than focus on something that in reality is going to be unsustainable for lifelong fitness comes down to motivation i guess now did you know there was a race running the albert hall what go on please yeah. have an amazing name does it have so, an amazing name a really um, funny pun there's got to be something i don't believe so but this was in 1909 oh i'm trying to remember who sent this to me it might have been uh lenny it could have been bruno apology oh top maybe even tom dark in dark um so there was an indoor marathon was running the albert hall so if you don't know the albert hall do batters it's an absolutely beautiful concert hall it used to be next to where i went to university that now is a, a a lovely place you go and see an orchestra have you ever seen the film brassed off that's set in there um they also do gigs but this is what's interesting about it because it was the, the albert hall itself where the proms happens the space in between the seats isn't very big no and so the perimeter of that is well i i'm assuming from the time hard to judge if you think about the, the first so they were saying it's measured 90 laps to the mile. So it was covered in coconut matting and measured 90 laps to the mile. So that is a pretty small that parameter. Yeah. Yeah, less than 200 meters. Really? That, I'd have thought it was much, much bigger than that. Yeah, I know. Um, but the, this was a. I guess Wait it a minute, depends they, how... Whereabouts were they running? Were they running at the, uh, down the, uh, on the floor? Or were they yeah. running? Yeah, oh, you're sort of in within the within the Albert Hall. Yeah, I know, but if you if you ran, say, around the, you know, like when you, this is my lack of theatre knowledge. Um, the, the stall, the stands. You know, stands behind, the stalls. behind that, you know, the corridors that that surround all of them. If you ran those, that would that would. I mean, I suppose it's not much of a spectator sport that way. It would, yeah. and it was this, spectated. Yeah, they had two thousand people come to watch. And this is what I love about stories of old. The, when sports are invented, people don't really have specific rules about them. And so they just come up with more, but it seems back in the, back in the day, people would do more outlandish bets. People would, people would turn out for a spectacle because they weren't used to watching a certain format on TV. But if you suddenly went, this thing is happening, people would go, sure, let's, let's see what that's like. Um, but, Think about 1909, the, the marathon, Boston Marathon hadn't started yet, I don't think. Um, the, the marathon itself wasn't really that established in the Olympics, and um, which I think the distance was established in the 1912 London, because it stopped at the Queen's house. Yeah. And this one, um, even though you, you remember the times of the first marathon was one in let's say 305 
this indoor was 2.37. So I'm assuming that the the distance was slightly off because a 2.30, Matt, I'll have a quick look, actually. Marathon world records. So was that, would that have been... Would that have been 25 miles then? Good question. Yeah. I th- it, it was 26 miles, 385 yards. Ah, so I'm wrong on my dates of when the distance was set. Then 1909, it goes to 252, 246. But it doesn't drop to, to 238 is still 1913. So interesting that this isn't seen, even though it was 1909. So at the time, this would have been run uh, nine minutes quicker than the world record. But that's never noted. So I don't know if they knew <laughs> it, it was short or whether the rules was, weren't established of what it took to be a, uh, a marathon like a, a certified world certified world record, but can you imagine that watching someone do twenty six times nineteen laps, and they want he won a hundred pounds, which I'd imagine at the time would have been a massive amount of money. Yeah, had to change his shoes after fifteen miles. The reason why yeah but i love i love little stories <laughs> the like reason that. why just just because that's what it, it was it was the first person to change their shoes midway through a race thus establishing it for all future ultra runners <laughs> <laughs> and the fact they had a, the uh they had an italian tenor the military bands to entertain people as he was running but do better have you got any other stories like this incredible feats from from days gone by they they've there's a picture of people running in the Albert Hall, um, but it doesn't actually explain what it was. So a hundred years later, they reenacted it again, but it doesn't say anything more about it. That would have been one worth going to. Imagine, imagine this is lots of stories. Like, I imagine there was lots of running around the Colosseum floor um, for, for for various reasons. Um, but I, they, they must do this like. Um in in other places to 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 kind of celebrate uh tradition as well so i think you know any any kind of stories we've already covered the um the st louis Mar- the, the, the very famous st louis uh, yes. marathon in uh, in a previous episode but like you said there's got to be more stories like this um especially if they involve drugs driving and we don't you know we've, yeah. we've talked about rob young enough um or, or a- anything else that that comes and scuppers the race that's exactly what we want to hear and particularly the, the there are stories i think at least Stuart evans and kieran were sharing quite a few of them for a while where people would set up challenges a bit like um the backyard series where it would be walk a mile every hour for as long as you could or these these little tests of anything where someone could would put a big bet up people would do it so if anyone knows any other stories that we could share of incredible tales from from yonder years do let us know um so david of course yeah. we know that i'm training for an iron man which means that um yeah, yeah. Triathlon, training hard much training, training hard. hard very training, focused 
tra well, as, train as, as training as much as you can do um, when you are limited by um, uh, lack of motivation. Uh, have you ever heard of a tetrathlon? Isn't that the thing they make uh, they make milk cartons out of? <laughs> That's a tetra pack. Um, tetrathlon. Uh, tetra tetra so tetrathlon. Okay. So this is something that um, I, I'd never heard about, and it only came about because my my daughter's uh, she loves um, horses, and she's at the stables most days, and um, so she's been invited to compete in um, something called a tetrathlon. Which is okay. God, what, what do you think that involves? Which which sports do you think that involves? She's nine years old. <laughs> so, so the first one is horses. Yeah, that's it. Wow. Horse riding. Okay. But horse riding. Um. Hmm. What else would go with horses? Peasant shooting. Do you know what shooting is one of them? Yes. <laughs> so it's probably evolved. It's probably evolved. And what would be the last one? The other ones are pretty standard that you'd find in a triathlon. Um, and then they, what else would they mix? So shooting, do you shoot while on the horse? No, no, sadly you don't. Sadly you don't. Be good. And what would be the last? Archery? No, no, it's just, it, it, it's, it's running and swimming. So shooting, running, swimming and horse riding. Yes. And it's which, a sounds an when, which it sounds an incredible action scene if you if you put all those things together. And they've got rid of the bike. Well, there's no bike because you know, of course, this is this is this goes back years and years. Um, apparently, tetrathlon. And so, yeah. So, so what's she the, has to. So she has to. Well, so what's the transition yeah. area like? How do they so, do that? Are there all the well, horses on racks just waiting? I'm re I was really disappointed because you don't actually do it one after the other. I don't at her age you don't do it one after the other. I I think um I think it's like you know the modern um uh is it heptathlon um yeah where pentathlon you, you yeah. do yeah pentathlon that's it um and you do the the things on different things and and this is the same thing how it, how it works um but I was just I'm really I'm I was really disappointed but I, I just like the idea that you have to do those those how those four things come together in any meaningful way and the only reason i found out about that because i was thinking oh yeah it, it, you know it makes sense to do horse riding and some running and and, and other stuff as well um, it's the shooting bit of it that that that's the weird bit. libby goes uh, we need to buy an air gun and i'm like what she goes we need to buy an air gun i'm like what we don't we we certainly do not need to buy an air gun what do we need it frida's doing frida's doing the uh a, a tetrathlon i'm like i don't understand like what and she and for for a while she led me to believe that you they wouldn't lend you one like you know like we needed a gun at home and it turns out that Libby just wanted an air gun she just wants to own an air gun and she's using this as a and I'm saying, cold. there's absolutely no way we're having a gun in the house um air gun or otherwise <laughs> so yeah and so do you think the so professionals go on oh go ahead so in in the same way if you if you look at the winter olympics you always have to carry your gun with you does that mean she'll be swimming with her air gun she'll be running with an air gun i don't know it's just so weird i just the whole idea of a nine-year-old doing all of that stuff is just such a it's such a weird I, the idea of a nine-year-old shooting stuff is a weird a weird idea but then you you realize just how archaic is because she's part of the so this is the other thing as well when you when you have a a, a little girl or a little boy who is into into riding all of a sudden um you uh, you're poor. Against, you <laughs> you're <come> <laughs> yes, uh, I mean that is one thing. You are poor. Um, 
uh, but this is Formula <laughs> One, though. That's not, um, but, um, yeah. the um, the thing that you come up against is that actually it's grounded in some stuff that you are just not happy about um, as a uh, as a vegan, uh, for example, because that whole the whole horse area. You know, there's a whole yeah. reason why people learn to ride horses and stuff like that. And so she's a member of the Pony Club, and her um, her area is called the Horsham Hunt. And I'm like, oh, come on, they mu- they've got to change that name at this point. You know, it's the 21st century, <laughs> you're still talking about hunting. And it's all, everything is centred around, like, hunting and the ability to hunt and how you need to use it. And maybe, maybe when we, you know, slip back into the apocalypse, all these things will be particularly useful. I just, the idea of a nine-year-old knowing, needing to know how to ride and shoot is slightly worrying. And also, I mean, the, when the apocalypse comes, she's there with her BB gun. He's going to have to be whatever fast reloader and a crack shot. Were you aiming for the eye? Probably the only well, area. What's the difference between a BB, is a BB gun and an air gun the same thing? I thought they were different. They used different mechanisms. I think. Oh, I don't know. I, I shoot one's cartridge gas and one's, because I used to have a, I don't know which one it was, an air gun when I was younger. So and the, the, like a two two air rifle, I'd imagine is what she'd have, where you have little metal pellets that look a little bit like shuttlecocks right and you put those in the gun and by snapping the the barrel down that then creates the air pressure to then shoot oh okay one shot i once shot a cat by accident by rebounding (laughs) off a plastic barrel i was aiming at it was my cat um but yes yeah but uh i think the thing is in mentioning this, in mentioning this, I was expecting you to go, oh, yeah, I've done, I've done the Tet before. <laughs> of course, you do all the time at school. It was, you know, but we, you know, we did, we, we used to chase someone. That was the, that was the difference with the, with, with the gun and everything. I, I expected you, fully expected you to have some kind of knowledge of, uh, of this type of stuff. But this is very, <laughs> this is very outside of normal comfort zone, understanding that my daughter's doing all of these, my, these things. My, my accent suggests a poshness that my, uh, my past doesn't live up to, sadly. But I think Greg, who we had on the podcast, he was a, a modern pentathlon yeah. Olympic medalist. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which we talked to him a bit. Maybe this is the way that you'd get into it because you you do wonder how on earth would you end up. I I can't remember the exact elements of it, but it's yeah, horse the riding. Horse, the horse riding's the weird thing because you wouldn't think, oh, I'm do you know, I, I'm a great runner, I'm a great swimmer, you know, I like triathlon, you know, I could do all these things. Do you know what? What happens if I replace the bike for a horse? Just let's just you know, for shits and giggles, let's do that. You you've got to start surely on the horse. The horse, you know, it's got to be the horse. It's like it's like it's like um, triathlon. Triathlon is you're a cyclist and you you're adding stuff. But generally, as a cyclist, most people come to it as a cyclist who wants to add other stuff to cycling. And so something like the pentathlon has got to be things like I'm a horse rider and I love riding horses and I'm adding stuff to it rather than I'm a runner and I want to learn to ride a horse, which seems a much more difficult transition. Either that, or if you think about how rugby started and People were playing football Some until... Cheating William, Some cheating bastard. Some cheating bastard. Yeah, picked up the ball, started running. Maybe that's what happened with a triathlon. And someone, their bike broke. They were like, I'm not losing this. Jumped on a horse, picked up a gun and got the win. I mean, maybe that's how the sport evolved. 
What through cheating? I can understand that triathlon was a was probably a sport that you know, that, or, or more likely a runner, <laughs> a, a disingenuous runner thought, oh, I'm losing here. I know what I'll do. I'll hop on a bike and I'll cheat and I'll win. That's probably how triathlon was invented. But you could you could totally see that. You know, I'm sure as we were talking about like you know the uh, the, the St Louis uh, Olympics and everything. I'm sure didn't someone in there jump on jump in a on a horse and, and rode part of the course? You know it. it Cheating, cheating goes to the heart, really, of everything. It does, it does indeed. Now, um, before we we kind of finish for the day, have you seen that London are now organising what they're calling calling a reunion 10K? So, in a couple of weeks, it'll be next week, I think, by the time this comes out, is the weekend of the London Marathon. So we're going to be releasing an episode with Lloyd's, who some of you got early, a little <laughs> you unedited might, You snippet. might have heard it already. <laughs> Uh, Lloyd Scott, who has, um, he's he's the most he's the most impressive London Marathon runner there's ever been. If you don't look at the, if you don't include the the winners, because he has done London in so many guises. He's done an, an under underwater marathon in a diving suit. If you remember a diving suit guy? He's raised millions. He's climbed everything. He's a, just, just an crazy adventurer. But uh, London are trying to. I think the idea is they're testing the water for how races could return rather than kind of cash again. But have you seen they're organizing a test event, the Reunion 10K? No. No. The same weekend in, it's, you can still sign up now, probably not by the time the episode comes out, but it's 10K in Hatfield Park, Hertfordshire. And there, and it, it does look so there's going to be three different races turned over the weekend, each with 3,000 runners and up to 3,000 spectators. But everyone's going to have to submit a negative COVID test beforehand. So this would be really interesting. And what, what would be great is if they actually, because they've got an app now that people can use, if, you could, if they could track people who had COVID after the race. Because that's what's really going to be useful, isn't it? To know spread easily from races. But this will be, I, I, I imagine, given how important London Marathon is in, in, in its organisation and, and its respect, that this will probably be seen by the government as a test case. And, that, and actually it says here, it will help gather research for the government about the safe return of running races. So actually the future of distance so the future of races really rests on this going well yeah i'd be and you've got to wonder if, if i was responsible i'd be vetting everybody that was taking part to, to to make sure they've already got antibodies game the system yeah and that's the thing suddenly you almost want 50 because they'd have had their shots <laughs> yeah exactly so, exactly it rewards people being vets, but this this race could make or break it. And I, I, I'm I'm assuming actually it's probably going to be the spectators that make the biggest difference because the start they'd have thought about incredibly carefully, trying to ensure people aren't mixing too much. Maybe everyone has to stand in a mask until they cross the line. But the spectators, three thousand spectators, is a lot of people to be have having in an an area that you'd imagine will be free to roam. So um, that that's something we're going to keep our eye on. We'll let you know feedback um, on how it goes. If anyone, any do-batters 
erasing that or signed up, their messages, letters at badboyrunning.com. Just to give us your view on how well organized it was, if there are any interesting ways they've logistically organized it so that you're not mixing, like what rules were there in place beforehand, during, how did it affect the atmosphere, how did it affect the race? Just just email us, letters at badboyrunning.com because we'd love to know from someone's uh, inside viewpoint of, of, of whether it's worth racing like that. Ah, oh, well, there we go, Jody. Another, another week of guff done. <laughs> Think of another word, D-Badders. Think of another word for guff. <laughs> um, Nick Nick gets very upset when we call it guff. Uh, I think he, he feels he feels much more protective about the episodes than we do. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if you can if you think of another word, that's yeah. great. And make sure make sure if you like this episode, uh, head to iTunes or whatever podcast platform that you use and leave us a five star review, which helps us get even better guests. And we we're always trying to read out some some good reviews that people leave to encourage you to actually review, and it does really help the podcast. You know, it, the numbers mean that people who've come from countries that have never heard of us, or even from our own country and still have never heard of us, they see the number of reviews and they something, ah, actually, this probably is worth going on. So um, we can read out a lovely review by Reef YC. Thanks, sir. He said he's completed the endurance event, which is listening to every episode of Bad Boy Running. Um, he said it's the the biggest endurance episode one could undertake. The podcast slowly drags you in and makes it hard to leave. Actually, it turns into actually quite a positive one, which we want the five stars, but we're looking for people ideally who are as. Uh, but he says it can both inspire and demoralizing you within one long run. So hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> that's what he said. It's supposed to be a roller coaster inspiring and demoralizing exactly if, if, exactly if we're doing any inspiring we've not done our job and so you know we'll have to we'll have to that's a, a useful piece of feedback that we'll have to take into into future episodes but Dibaz, if you haven't left a review yet why not come on it's easy to do and it really helps the podcast just get on and leave a review and make it funny and we'll read it out because it really helps us get reviewing people now, if you want to join the conversation, you can get in the Facebook group, Bad Boy Running. Follow us on Instagram if you want to interview, ask questions to people we're interviewing. Coming up interview. this you week, you next week. You can come week. and interview instead of us if you want. Probably do a much better job of it. <laughs> probably, almost certainly would. Now, coming up this week for you to listen out to, as I mentioned, we've got Lloyd Scott coming up. And he has raised more money than pretty much anyone else I've known from London Marathon, but he's the guy who's done London Marathon in a snail suit, pulling a snail, a massive snail's taken days. He's um, He did it in a diving suit where he had to come back day after day. It's it's a really, really interesting podcast. Pretty long as you'd imagine, but wow, he's got some stories. Anything you'd like um, to throw in as well, J.D.? Yeah, I was going to say, if you want to buy merchandise, head over to store.badboyrunning.com. If you've got any suggestions for us, any um, ideas of what to call this episode, or you just want to spam us with your crappy PR shit and your new products that we're not really interested in, then send to letters at badboyrunning.com. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next time. See you bye, 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 Bye 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 bye. I must admit I was a clown to be messing around, but that doesn't mean that you have to leave town. Come.
Fuck you, buddy. 